Praise the Lord. Okay, it's time for the Bible now. Please take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, we're going to be looking at a, having a message from the Word of God concerning the life of Abraham, father of the faithful. We're looking in Genesis chapter 22. I have a long passage to read here with you this morning. We're going to read verses 1 through 14. And please, let's stand together for the reading of God's Word. Genesis chapter 22, and we can read this all together. You'll have to follow with me, but there's 14 verses. 1 through 14 of Genesis chapter 22. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham... And he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven, and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, Neither do thou anything unto him, for I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. May the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Father, we want to direct our thoughts to Thee. Help us to humble ourselves before You as we look at this passage, look at Abraham, that which You required of him. And may we apply it to ourselves with sober hearts, in trusting hearts in our God. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be upon all of us now. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This is a passage, this famous story about the life of Abraham. You know, it, it basically describes what true love is. True love. You know, what is true love? Is it the feelings and the persuasion between a man and a woman? Like most people would say. But according to the law of first mention in the Bible, this is the first time the word love is mentioned right here in Genesis chapter 22. And it sets the tone for love throughout the whole Bible. And so love is described here. What is true love or ultimate love is a father's love for his son. Doesn't it make sense when we know the love that the father had for his son, the Lord Jesus Christ? And it just makes sense how a father, this natural love that you have for your children, you got it from God, and it's the first love. So this is what makes redemption so special. God gave His Son for us. God gave His only begotten Son, whom He loveth, for us. So the love between the Father and His Son was a holy love. It was a heavenly love. It was a glorious love. And it was unbreakable. Jesus longed for it His whole earthly life wanting to get back to the glory that He had with His Father back in eternity past before He became a man. And long for that day when they'd be reunited uh, in love once again. Unbreakable love. Yet, God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son so that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God loved the world so much to the point He gave the one He loves. So we like to limit love to between a man and a woman. But the Bible reference is primarily a reference to God and His Son. You know, think about it. Human love is of this world. Relationships are of this world. That's why when we go to the altar to get married, it's till death do us part. Because at death, we part. The Bible says in heaven, there will be no marriage in heaven. There will be no husband and wife in heaven. The relationships change. The relationship, it's all about God and His Son and our entering in and being a part of this wonderful, wonderful love. That's why Jesus said, in Matthew 10, 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Those are strong words coming from Jesus Christ. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me, Jesus said. So true love, I want you to listen to this for a minute, see if you can understand it, is when one enters into this love that, between God the Father and the Son. When you get involved in that love, when you become a part of that love, when you receive Christ and receive the love of God. You know, some people say, the Lord doesn't, God doesn't love me. Yes, He does. He already did. He proved it. He sent His Son. That's the love of God. But God commendeth His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. He's already loved you to the point He can love you no more. 
you enter into that love. By trusting Jesus Christ as your own personal Savior. So when one receives the love of God in Christ Jesus, you become a recipient of the greatest love that the universe knows. Turn to 1 John chapter 3. But I'd like to ask you, please keep your finger there or your place there in Genesis 22 because we're going to look at some things in this story. What is true love? 1 John chapter 3. Verse 16. I call this the 316 factor. This goes along with John 316. But 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. Does it say, you see that? It says, God laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Look at chapter 4. In verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is true love. Look at verse 14, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, dwelleth in Him, and He in God. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you enter in to the wondrous love that God has for His very Son. And then you become a son through spiritual birth. And He loves you just the same. So when you look at this passage and this impossible command God gives to Abraham, you can see that it's not that unreasonable after all. He's saying, I gave my son, the Lamb of God, you can give your son for me. And he asks him the unthinkable, take him up to a mountain that I'll show thee. Mount Moriah. And I'll show you what to do when you get there, but I want you to take your son and offer him up to me for a burnt offering. And he said, take your son, your only son, the one whom you love. Take him and give him for me. And it says in chapter 22, verse 1, that God did tempt Abraham. Strong, strong path. And said, Abraham, Take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee to the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering. God tempted man. God tempted Abraham. Make no mistake, though. This was not a, a temptation to sin. God was not tempting Abraham to do something wrong. God never does that. The Bible says in James 1.13, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Can't say that. No one can ever say, God set me up. God lured me in. God made me fall. No one can say these things. Because he says in James 1.13, God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. God never, never put sin in front of man and tempted him to do it. God cannot be tempted with evil. And God tempteth no man with evil. 
It was not a temptation to sin. I'll tell you another thing. It was not a temptation to fail. God was not looking to fail Abraham. God was, you know, some people honestly think, the Lord's trying to make a failure out of me and prove me that I'm a failure. No. It's actually the opposite. He's trying to prove you a winner. God's temptation is a different form of temptation. Like it says here when He tempted Abraham, God's temptation is a test to pass. A test to move on to greatness. A test to rise up and overcome and prove faith and rise to new heights. The Bible says a higher plane. Well, it's actually the, the, uh, the hymn. A higher ground. I want a higher plane than I've found. And the Lord wants you to have a higher plane. The Lord wants you a new, to have a new level of existence and relationship and life on this earth. Get up to Moriah. And what did He ask him to do? Give your, old, your only son, whom you lovest. So in this story, you know, I want you to hear this. And I know most of you know the story. Abraham finally received a son. Is a son of faith. Now, he had done some things that were foolish before that, but this is the son of promise that God promised him many years ago when God said, He came to him, He said, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son, and you're going to have a family, and your children are going to expand and grow and, and actually become as the stars of the heavens. He told him, you're going to be as the sands of the sea. The children of Abraham are going to be like the sands of the sea. He said, your people that come out of you are going to be like the dust of the earth. You think about that one. The dust of the earth. Who can number the dust? God can. And He told Abraham, this is your ancestry and your lineage. Now, Abraham had no son. That's kind of hard to do there. Take a total miracle of God to make the multiplication and the growth to be like the very stars of heaven. If you study the stars of heaven and you liken them to the angels, there's probably trillions of angels out there. There's a problem here. Abraham has a wife who's barren. Sarah can have no child. So while others around her are having children, she's without. And God made the promise, though, you will have a son. Two decades go by. Twenty years go by after he told him this. Still no son. Old age is setting in. Ninety-nine years old. Sarah's ninety years old. Past the time of birth, God says, you're getting a child. So that after the time of testing has come, God gives him a child. Such a miracle that Sarah says, we're going to name him Isaac. Because everybody who hears this story is going to laugh, say, this can't be possible. This is an un impossible birth. This son should not be alive. He's the son of promise, though. Picturing the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. But the son of promise has come. So Abraham, the father of a great multitude, God promised him. He has his son. He waited his whole life for it. He has his son. So you know this one's special. This one's cherished. This one's guarded. This one, you talk about, hey, they're really protect, overly protective of their son. What do you think they're doing with 
with Isaac. And then here comes this outrageous command from God. You say it's not even, it's not right. It's illogical. Take your son and offer him unto me. How can this be? How could God do such a thing as unreasonable and as impossible to do? This is my love. You're asking him to pull my heart out and give him to you. He said, take thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and give him to me. And notice, give it to me in death. Isaac would be Abraham's greatest love. He was a very wealthy man. Very wealthy man. He was his greatest possession. And God is asking him. You know, it would be like saying, you, you want my best? You want my best, Lord? I want your all. I want all of it. That's what God's telling him. Test of love. The true test of love is what we see here. So Abraham had finally received what God wanted him to have. Now God's saying, I want it back. I want him back. So let me, let me say a few things here. The temptation of Abraham was a trial of love. And this is basically the message here. I don't believe anybody on this earth, you know, we say, I've been through a lot of tests. I've been through a lot of trials. I've been through a lot of trouble. No one has been tested properly until they get tested on that which they truly love. That's the basis for this whole story. A man's true character is found in what they love, for one thing. You can tell a lot about a man by what he loves and who he fears. This is the measure of a man. So God had already, think about this. God had already told Abraham. He'd already been tested pretty hard. God told him, I want you to leave your homeland. Or the Chaldees. I want you just to leave. I want you to just go west, young man. Go west. Go. Well, where, Lord? You, you go to where I tell you to go. You, when you get there, I'll tell you where you're at. And just go. Leave all that you have. Told him to leave his family behind. Took him a little while to, let, to get, let go of the family, but he did. He told, you know, he got tested heavily. He got, he believed. When God told him, you're going to be a father of, he went from Abe. His name was Abram. High father. His name meant the high father. Well, he wasn't the father yet. To name Abraham a father of many nations. And he became this, and he believed before it was ever even possible, he believed it. And God said, I'm imputing righteousness unto you because you believed me. You believed my word of promise. Not what you see, not what you've experienced, but what I said. God's word above experience, above human reasoning, above human knowledge, above human experience, believe in God's word. It's what, it's what it takes to be saved, by the way. He, he, he'd already been tried on this. He took, he took God over money. You know, remember the story when he had Lot and God told him, y'all are going to have to separate. You, for one thing, you have to get away from Lot because Lot's nothing but trouble. You have any of those type of family members? 
He's always getting in trouble. He's always going to pull you into some major temptation. He says, Lot wants the, the good land. Lot wants the watered land. Lot wants the green fertile land. He wants to go down where Sodom is and live down there. And God and Abraham basically says, you can have it. I want God. You know, when you read the story, he lets, he lets Lot take all the good land and he goes off into the desert. He goes to dwell in the desert, believing, knowing that this is what God wanted and God's going to bless him for it because he's obeying God. He'd already been tested. You know, Abraham had already received some amazing promises by this time. God told him, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you all the land that you go set your foot on. It's going to be yours and your descendant forever and ever and ever. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you exceedingly, more than you could ever possibly imagine. God had already given him imputed righteousness by faith because he believed. So he's grown, he's multiplied, he's expanded, uh, he, he's learned, he's mature now. He's learned to trust God. He's, he, he knows the Lord keeps His promises. But now here comes the ultimate test of love. Are you ready to prove now, Abraham, who you really, really are? Are you going to prove your full measure today? Take thy son, thine only son Isaac, in offering for a burnt offering unto me. So the question comes, is it your son or me, Abraham? Who do you love the most? Your own family? The desiring of your heart, like the Bible says, the, it's, the, the, it's the brightness of your eyes. The delight of your eyes. You know, every parent loves their children, thinks they're the greatest children on earth. And you know what? God says, I want them. Abraham says, that's too unreasonable. Too unreasonable. And think about this. It's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable for you to love God over your own son when he loved you over his. He's already proven that he did it. And so it's not unreasonable or illogical. The story reveals something about us, though. It reveals that many will only go so far for God. You know, Abraham had already received a lot of promises. Many will only take it a certain distance, but never all the way. That's too extreme. That's too sacrificial. That's too much. That's too unreasonable. I will decide what I give to my God. I won't let Him tell me what to do or give. I will make the decision. You know, sometimes people will give. Sometimes people will give until it hurts for God. But will you give Him your all? Which is your son. Your best love. Your greatest love. El song, more love to thee, O Christ. More love to thee. Now, Abraham is not alone in this because we get tested all the time. And the supreme test is love. What do you love more than me? That's what God would come to each one of us and say. What is your greatest love? Are you willing to let that go for the greater love, which is God? Whatever that would be, I think it's different for all of us. I know I've been tested in recent days, recent months, in the last few years on some things that I knew that I loved. And God said it's time to move on from that.
It's time to let it go. It's time to give it up for a greater cause, but for a greater sacrifice. You know, this whole story of Abraham sacrificing his son, he didn't have to, did he? The Lord, the Lord saw the obedience in his heart and he did not make him give him his son. He got his son back. But I've been tested. You've been tested. But have you been tested on your love? You know, that will show the measure of the man, the, your family, your friends, whoever, your converts, your lifestyle, your money, your location. God wants us to come forth as true. So Abraham, being tested by the thing that he loves, you know what's interesting about Abraham? He didn't even try to negotiate. He just did it. That's amazing. Because God knew he was ready. God knew he was ready. He didn't even negotiate. He didn't say, but, but God. No. This can't. He just started doing what he told him to do. Didn't consult his wife either, by the way. That'd be good. You're probably going to get a fight on your hands on that one. Goes to the place God tells him to go. Goes with obedience over logic. Makes no sense whatsoever. God just told me this son's going to be the father of all these nations and I'm going to take his life. This makes no sense. But he did it anyways. He believed in the resurrection of the dead because he told these men, if you, if you caught him, he said, we're going up to worship. Y'all stay here because we're both coming back. And his whole purpose was to go up on the mount and slay his son as a burnt offering. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only son. He didn't offer up his only son. He had the intention to. He had the knife right there. God said, you won't hold anything back from me, Abraham. I don't want your son. You can have him back. He wanted him to have him all along. He offered up his only begotten son of whom it is said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Do you realize that when, he, when Abraham was going to strike that knife into his heart, or, whatever, or cut the throat, he expected God to raise him from the dead after that and him take him back down that mountain. That's faith. Unbelievable amounts of faith. So God, Abraham put all the promises together. He knew he'd be coming back down that mountain with a son. He knew there had to be a lamb offered as a sacrifice. He believed the promises that God would provide for him. He told his son, the Lord will provide us a lamb. And this is the big one. The main point. He acts regardless of the circumstances. He wasn't... He acted and did it regardless of whether he's going to come down with that child back with him or not. And by the way, he was, you know, we always say the story, you know, why did God tell Abraham to take his young child, Isaac, up and offer him as a sacrifice? Because if he was a teenager, it wouldn't have been a sacrifice. <laughs> hey, but you know what? I'd say that for y'all. Hey, you know what though? He was a teenager. He was 15 years old. He was 15 years old. An obedient son. He was a teen. You know, and, but he did it. This is why God called him the friend of God. 
He said, why, did, why Abraham? Well, here you're hearing why. This is why God called him my friend. This is why God called Abraham the father of the faithful. All of us are children of Abraham if you believe by faith. Amazing story here. And oh, we've read it many, many times. And so in giving, he received. Look what it says in verse 16 of chapter 22. He says, and said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, which most of us would have done, thine only son, that in blessing I'll bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven and as the sand upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies." And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. The true test of love. Are you, would, you let, would you let God have it? Or would you hold back? If I were to ask you today, what is your greatest love? Don't say God because that's too easy. What is your greatest love on this earth? If the Lord said, I want it, would you do it? Would you acknowledge your love? Would you be willing to put God before that love? Are you willing to sacrifice whatever that love is for Him? Are you willing to do the will of God and the unthinkable if God were to ask? What's amazing though is, if in willingness, you'll have an experience with God you've never experienced before. You'll have a relationship with God that you've never, you're, at a new, you're on Mount Moriah now in the Mount of the Lord it shall be seen if you do this. You'll meet God on that mount and the Lord will provide. You'll come down with a passing certificate. Remember, God is testing us for growth. It's, it's interesting with the Lord he doesn't test people to fail. He tests you when He knows you're going to pass it. And then you get your certificate and you move on. He came down with the certificate in His hand. I'm the friend of God here. The Lord handed it to Him. And guess what? You see, this is the thing. If you're willing to give up your love for Him, and if you're willing to sacrifice the, your love for God, all he wanted was the willingness. He won't take it from you. He won't take it. Unless it's a sin. It's the test of love. You know, I call this higher education. You know, people want to do graduate work. Well, this is about as graduate as it gets. Christian life. And you're working with God. Will you... When your time comes and the Lord asks, what will you do? What will you do? The test of love. Let's, let's bow our heads this morning.